Hey everyone, welcome back to Librarians Assemble, your premier audio resource for all things libraries and comics. I'm once again Josh Stone. This episode, however, has nothing to do with libraries or comics, so there's that. This week we're talking the X-Files revival, and tons of it. In the first part, we're joined once again by Caitlin. She's going to be giving us her thoughts on the newest season of X-Files. Caitlin was on the show a few weeks back, and we talked about some X-Files graphic novels. So go check out the show for quite a few good recommendations. There's also a bonus episode this week. We all ran into some scheduling conflicts over the past few weeks, which is why this episode is pretty late. But it also prevented the original plan of having Caitlin and my friend Amanda on to talk about the X-Files. So there's a bonus episode featuring me and Amanda talking about the show and its original run, as we're both longtime fans. So before we get to Caitlin, you know I've got to give you the speech. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. This show needs your support, and a lot of it. It takes no time at all to do a review. You can do it straight from your podcast app as well. There are a few other shows out there that do what I'm about to propose, so I'm going to do it too. If you leave a review, I'll read it on the show. I tend to only check the iTunes and Stitcher reviews, so if you leave... A review somewhere else just let me know and i'll read that on the air as well you can reach me in a few different ways i'm on twitter at assemble podcast the show is also on facebook just do a search for librarians assemble you can also email me at librariansassemble at gmail.com also don't forget to check out the website librariansassemble.com there you're going to find all of the past episodes as well as show notes which include book and resource recommendations, so make sure you check that out. All right, so let's find out what Caitlin thought about Season 10 of The X-Files. All right, everybody, we are back for our X-Files revival um, roundup. We're going to talk about what worked, what didn't work, and what we expect to happen from here going forward. And to talk about that, we are back with our expert, Caitlin. She's my coworker, and she was also part of the original X-Files episode we did where we talked about different X-Files graphic novels to read before the show started back up, back when we had nothing but hope and 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 desire in our hearts for X-Files. And so now, what is filled in our hearts? Caitlin, welcome back. Hi, thanks for having me back. No problem. Thanks for agreeing to come back. So let's, I guess, jump right in. How did you feel about the X-Files revival on a whole? I would say it was a bit of a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. There was episodes that I really loved, and there were certain episodes that I really did not like. So it had some highs and lows. So overall, are you glad it came back, or you do you feel like maybe it should have stayed away? I'm I'm gonna go with I'm glad it came back because okay. I'm still I'm still chasing closure. You're, you're chasing that high. You're chasing the dragon. You're chasing, chasing the dragon closure. that is that is the X Files, which this has not given us. It hasn't. We'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, yeah. And- Good. It was worth it just for Mulder and Skull to meet the Were Monster. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That I think the whole world can agree on that one. 
Yeah. Which, yeah, as, as you said, and as our other guest, when, when she pops in later, will say as well, you both agree. This is what you and Amanda both agree on. You think that's your favorite episode ever. If I recall correctly, the day after it aired, you told me at work that might have been your favorite episode ever. Do you stand by yeah. that? Do you still stand well, by that statement? Or have I you... would stand by that it's in like a top five. Okay, top so now you Okay, so now you're qualifying it a little bit. But right. but it's way it's way up but there. But it's way up there. Okay, fair enough. It's yeah. pretty far up there for me too, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's only one from this revival from the six new episodes for me that places on my list of favorite episodes. Yes. Um, it's the only one on this epi- this new list here that I would gladly watch again several times. I already, yeah. I, I, I think I yeah. already watched that one. Yeah. yeah, so, okay. How many times have you watched Mulder and Scully Meet the Were Monster? Do you have twice. one? Twice? Okay, yeah. I watched it twice as well. And I'll, I'll watch it a third time if, if need be. It's um, completely worth it. Yeah. It is. And, and as I've said all along as well, I have not been pleased story-wise, plot-wise, whatever, with the new season. But I am very pleased that Mulder and Scully are on my TV. You know, like, as I've always said, even bad X-Files are still good because it's X-Files. Like, I really enjoy the show. I love Mulder. I love Scully. So I'll gladly sit through a bad X-Files episode rather than a good episode of, like, some crap like how i met your mother or something or or whatever you know like i gladly it's about the characters yes so i mean yeah. even even really crappy ones i'm like what eh, what whatever <laughs> like it's still it's still good it's still interesting and even when it's not interesting you're just like well they're cool i i still like to see them all right yeah, so, so- for Mulder and Scully and for nostalgia factor, too, because you're an original viewer. So. I was. I'm OG X-Files, that's true. OG. I, yeah, so I'm, I'm back from the back-in-the-day X-Files fan. All right, so let's talk a little bit about each episode. Let's go through and see what we liked or, you know, just a couple, couple little points on each episode. I guess we can start by talking about My Struggle, My struggle. which aired... On January 24th, and... After the longest football game ever. After many of the geek world was introduced to sports, especially post-game sports. Um, What is up with that post-game? And and here's the thing for me. I am a sports fan, and I am all too familiar with the post-game tradition. But as an avid X-Files fan, and as somebody who had spent the past however many years now waiting for it to come back on my TV, I was like, oh my god, this is so long. And not only, I think for me, the worst part of it was that the game itself wasn't good. It was a blowout game. Like, I believe it was the Pan. I forget who the Panthers even beat now. I think it was the Arizona Cardinals. They they destroyed them. Like, what are, what is there to even talk about in the postgame? It wasn't a close game. It was like a, a, a destruction of another team. It was varsity versus junior varsity. Let's move on. Let's get to the X Files. So and all of just, Twitter, good. It just kept recapping, and they it. just kept going yeah. and going. <laughs> like, oh my god, we get it. So yeah, Twitter and the social media world were freaking out. Twitter did, was funny that night. Of Twitter, Twitter was great though. Like, if if anything, it had it had its value in the fact that a lot of people were very funny. 
there are a lot of funny people on Twitter. Um, so what did it do for you? How were you, how were you reacting that evening? Because you you like most people these days are not really used to watching live television. Oh yeah, so, yeah. That that was probably the first time I've watched live television <laughs> in months. Yeah, right. So <laughs> how were you feeling as you were sitting there hearing over and over again how great Cam Newton is, even though there was no doubt he was great? I was I was not happy as people who know me and were receiving uh, many text <laughs> messages going, oh, my God, where's that smile? <laughs> Stupid yeah. football. So then it starts back up. And, yes. and also commercials. I'd forgotten how strange it was right? to watch. Yeah show yeah. be cut up by commercials that is true i mean most of us these days especially um i guess even even if you're not a cable cutter you know like even even people with dvrs who want no one watches commercials anymore because you're either dvr in your stuff or you're watching it on netflix or hulu and it's just going right through the commercials but yeah that was that was very strange for me and i think that was my that's my first point with the the first episode so since you brought it up I'll, I'll go ahead and just jump into it real quick and then we'll we'll backtrack a little bit but for me the worst part of the that first episode was it felt like they'd establish something and then they'd go to commercial and then it would it'd be a long series of commercials and then they jump into a new scene that seemed like it was contradicting or or going against whatever just happened before they went to commercial break. And it all felt very jarring. And it felt like even if they weren't like contradicting what just happened in the plot, it also felt like something major just occurred. And we, I had no idea what it was like something massive happened during the commercial break. And you're never going to tell me what it was. And now I don't know why we're here or what's happening or why Joel McHale is here all of a sudden, you know, like it just all felt very jumbled and, and quick. I, I agree completely. The commercial, just the way they edited it mm-hmm. or broke it up was very jarring. That whole episode moved very quickly to me. It was a lot of exposition, mm-hmm. a lot of quick dialogue, and a lot of a lot of jumps. A lot, yeah. And and when I rewatched it on um on Amazon, because like a nerd, I, I I bought the season as it was coming out. Um, so it didn't have the commercial breaks in there. It it felt a little better. It didn't feel as jarring without those commercial breaks, but it was still like you could tell they were trying to cram way too much into one hour. Oh, yes. Yeah, because more so than any other episode, it just always felt like it's just cut, cutting to another commercial, cutting to mm-hmm. another commercial without really getting into a, a flow of the story. Yeah, it probably Fox probably realized how many people were going to be watching and they were selling the hell out of advertising probably. Yeah. But all right, so what were some of your what were some of your takes on the first episode? First episode, um that Chris Carter had clearly spent the past fifteen years, has it been? Almost fifteen years cutting newspaper clippings of conspiracy theories <laughs> and trying to cram as many mentions of them into one episode as possible. I mean, it's it's Joel McHale's character who has a long uh, monologue mm-hmm. at one point, and he's, uh, it's, it's, it's drones and our, our food and, and GMOs, and it's what? The climate. Yeah, it's and the, the NSA and yeah. global warming, and he just, he lists every single thing that you could be paranoid mm-hmm. about in our world. And so 
felt like too much of a grab bag of just crazy conspiracy. Yeah, it, it did. And not yeah. focused on one one aspect or one one alien. And or... that, that was what was always good about the X Files is that something massive was happening in the world, but what they were focusing on was one small aspect of it. Like even when the X Files was dealing with the syndicate and people across the world were working together on this massive conspiracy. The X-Files themselves, Mulder and Scully, were always just concerned with one little corner of it. Like, Mulder would always be like, no, no, it's a big thing, it's a big thing, we gotta figure it all out. But, like, they could only work on one little piece of the puzzle at a time. Whereas this episode, they were like, hey, let's just do the whole puzzle. And, and and to me, that was like, no, that's not the X-Files. The and, X-Files and, has always been these tiny little things adding up to a really big, creepy world. Yeah, and just the fact that they decided to introduce a lot of the plot or do a lot of exposition through a cable news montage personality. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, but yeah, they had this weird Glenn Beck-esque character. Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, like... like this yeah, weird like of newscasters he yeah. was mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that was so weird and then when he when he was given his monologue too it was weren't they showing like all these clips from like the like different news packages yeah. and like that was it, really kind of weird it too. didn't feel like the x-files really to show these clips of global footage mm-hmm. of of a bomb going off or of someone being sick or mm-hmm. whatever they were showing it felt like a michael moore documentary yeah. <laughs> it turned into a real quick propaganda video. Possibly a line of inspiration for Possibly. it. I think what I remember was the episode started and I was like, oh, this is going to be funny. This is going to be good because I remember one of the first scenes was Mulder like checking something on his computer and you notice that the little camera on his computer had like uh, the has- little piece of paper or whatever taped over it. And, like, I know people who do that, and I'm always like, God, like, the level of paranoia you would have to be to do that, like, that's Mulder. Like, there's no way in the world Mulder's not covering up the little camera and microphone on his computer. So I thought, all right, this is interesting. We're living in a world where Mulder understands that he's one of those people who's like, oh, somebody's going to put a virus on my computer and spy on me. And you said that you thought it was going to be funny. Now, would you agree with that? That was my struggle. Did not seem to have much comic relief. No, it, it didn't. And, yeah. and funny to me for this particular instance, I meant more like, oh, it's funny. Like they know this character. Like this is something the character would do, and it's like a little, it's a little it's sly way of showing focused. us. Yeah. yeah. But no, there was, there is no humor in this episode. Like, I think there were a couple times where Mulder tried to say something kind of witty to to um scully but it, it never really landed like yeah, for a lot of the, but, in the first episode yeah the, i mean who, who can really blame back but for me it, and i don't know if it's just because i watched californication for a while but a lot of a lot of decovney's delivery in some of those scenes where he was trying to be funny felt more like his hank moody character than Mulder. and i know there's like a, just you know varying degrees of the company for both of those characters because that's just who he is but 
like it was weird like he'd make like weird little like sexual jokes and he would like make weird little like oh you you left me jokes which never really like Mulder himself never for somebody who was addicted to porn he never really made that many like straight up like innuendo jokes that I yeah. recall but like just the way he delivered the line and again maybe it's just because I'm used to older David Duchovny being Hank Moody maybe that's on me but it felt like he he hadn't gotten back into Mulder at that point. He was still kind of like an amalgamation of Mulder and Hank Moody, the only two characters he's played for so long, you know? Yeah, because I, I have not seen Californication, mm-hmm. but from don't, what I've heard, don't the character... Don't, <laughs> you don't need to. Like, I love it, but you don't need to do it. It's not but a show that I'm going to force anyone else to watch. Did Hank Moody or did his character in there, was he more cynical? character yes Yes. because Mulder at the end of the day I think no matter how many times he gets beaten down he is a character with with a more with hope yeah and I think younger David Duchovny or in the original series that that came through Mm -hmm. he was very earnest in those yeah earnest that's a good and in these and, and again the argument can be made that modern Mulder is an older man and as you get older you kind of lose your fight sometimes you know when you you get punched in the mouth for years and years you're gonna want to you don't care as much and i and they did a good job of that along the way of showing that Mulder might be losing his passion for it but at the same time why come back why have the show come back if the show is only going to be Mulder's just not as passionate anymore like what's the point then nobody wants to watch Mulder have a midlife crisis yeah, and not to skip ahead, but I, I think that was well addressed in Mulder and Scully Meet the Were Monster, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about next. I think that did help kind of bridge and bring back some of the, the old old Mulder, if you will. Mm-hmm. It did, but, yeah. And it, it was a good way of bridging that jaded Mulder with I want to believe Mulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bringing, bringing back the... the the belief or mm-hmm. yeah the wanting, wanting and that was the other thing in this first episode and then if you have one or two other things we can move on but the other thing was like i was happy with the fan service but it also felt like they weren't doing it well like he'd be like oh don't you i thought you believed in all this and Mulder would be like no i want to believe like uh. there were like a few moments where like like there were a few times where like they just forced their like their catchphrases in or like force things in that fans would like but they didn't quite execute it the same way as like say star wars does like when star wars came back the new star wars movie is nothing but a fan service movie it's nothing but you know like homages to the original and we all love it but when the x-files did it it felt very heavy-handed and it didn't it didn't land the same way as like some of the other fan fan service things out there i I agree yeah it wasn't subtle in the first it wasn't subtle and it wasn't we're we're back (laughs) hey guys so do you have anything else you want to say about the the first Um, night struggle i'm gonna say about the first episode is we addressed Mulder's characterization and any changes in the first episode but what did you think of scully and her reintroduction and kind of her frame of mind when we picked back up hmm that's a good question um, I think I think she did okay. I think she was still Scully-esque. I think she was, you know, Dr. Scully still, you know, like very science-minded, very jaded with 
with Mulder, but like for me, yeah. it made more sense that she would be jaded with Mulder. You know, like yeah, that, if you're around somebody like him, for like she even said, I think there's a line in that first episode. She was like, working with Mulder was very rewarding, but being in a relationship, professionally or otherwise, is one of the most challenging things I've ever had to do in my life. Yeah, like, that that was. I think that was. I the mean, first it's paraphrasing, episode. but yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, that makes more, sense. She was more subdued. She was first. more subdued. Um, uh, you didn't see any of her yet again. Her Scully can be very funny and and have a sense of humor mm. and a playfulness, and that that was not brought out in that first episode. It wasn't. It wasn't. But if I'm gonna nitpick either of them in the in the first episode, I think there was. I think Duchovny was lacking a little more than she was. Yeah. No. Which, I, I which think... is weird because I feel like didn't they release some like pre. Um, God, they kept on like a twenty-one minutes. But they released some kind of special beforehand, and I remember there being some Behind clip. Behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah, and I think there was some clip where she was like, "Oh, it was really hard for me to get back in character," but I feel like from what we saw, I feel like she was back in an older Scully character than Mulder was. Like, I feel like it was way more understandable. To see an older Scully. Like, I can see how Scully from 20 years ago would become Scully of today. Like, the trajectory works. Yeah, I would agree. And definitely with, I mean, I think between the two of them, Scully suffered the most in the original series. Well, I mean, I guess, well, now, well, spoiler alert, they both have lost both their parents now. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they both lost. I don't think any of this was spoiler alert. It is not, yeah. Um, yeah, if you're listening to a recap of the entire season, you probably don't need that. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, she did suffer. I mean, he lost both parents. He lost his sister. Like, I was thinking both... her, her abduction. She was the one who was left alone to make the decision yeah. with, with the baby yeah. and everything. Yeah, maybe I, I'm going to say she... I'm going to agree. I was just trying to think. I do agree with you that they put her in more peril throughout the season than he was, and... There's all kinds of feminist feminist arguments to be made about that, but she did. She always has the more difficult job of keeping Mulder in check. Yeah, that's a thankless job. The voice of reason. <laughs> that's a and, thankless job that no one wants. And a lot of that gets dumped on her in this episode, where towards the end she just has to look at Mulder and Joel. I keep calling him Joel McHale. I don't even remember his what his name is now. Tad O'Malley. Tad O'Malley. Tad O'Malley. What a terrible name. She just has to look at them and basically say, you're crazy, and these things that you're saying are, are dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And it ends It ends really abruptly, too, where it's like, oh, he's going to expose everything. And then, like, the very next scene is, oh, they got to him. He's off the air now. Like, And then the, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the, the one girl who's, like, the missing link, the one that's going to prove all of this. Is, her, her car gets... Well, but even before that, she's like, no, Dad O'Malley lied to me and took advantage of me. And like, well, who made her say that? Who are these people? Like, so much was taken out that if, like, I hope if they ever put out, a, a when they put out the DVD release, that there's like an extended cut. Because I feel like there's a lot that has to be sitting on the cutting room floor, which is funny because this is all filmed digitally. But whatever. Like, there's got to be a lot that was taken out. I feel like there's there's a lot missing here. What are the deleted scenes, especially yeah. from that episode? That episode felt like it was missing the, the most yeah. explanation. I, <laughs> or, like, no. I had to check the clock when it was done. I'm like, that wasn't a full hour. Like, 
they must have i would i started thinking oh maybe football preempted them and they had to like show it like a, a shortened version or something but nope not at all all right we got this cat running around here now so sorry if if anyone hears the cat right now my apologies all right so the next episode episode two was founder's mutation what were your thoughts on founder's mutation um it felt definitely more traditional than mm-hmm. than my struggle. I, I guess we should also mention my struggle was written by Chris Carter, but now That's founder true. mutation were at James Wong, one of the original uh, writers. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt it was a more traditional episode. You're dealing with a, a mad mad scientist and ethical you know, the ethical questions that come come mm-hmm. from the experiments. But at the same time, I know they're trying to hint at the arc with Mulder and Scully's child, which then that's a thread that goes through the next five episodes. But for me, definitely an improvement on the first episode. I agree. I I thought it was interesting. I thought there were a lot of miscues or misfirings in this episode. I feel like it had a lot of potential. I feel like for what it was, it was very good. It was significantly better than the premiere yes but for me as a a huge comic book nerd it just felt like an x-men story like all the mutants and like they're all kids i just kept waiting for charles xavier to come and save all of them but to me that like i keep forgetting that this is called the founders mutation i just keep calling it the x-men episode because it wasn't a very original concept it it felt like a concept that's been seen before in comic books, television, movies. Yeah, sci-fi. Which, which again, yeah. I have no problem with because X-Files, some of the best X-Files episodes are different takes on classic sci-fi or horror um, movies and shows and tropes and all of that stuff. Like, you know, there, there's so many of them, in the, especially the early seasons, that were basically just retellings of other stories with with new characters in it. So like, I'm fine with it. I thought Founder's Mutation was pretty good. Um, it, I think maybe I expected a little bit more, given the caliber yes. of James Wong. Mm-hmm. He, he wrote with Glenn Morgan, giving the caliber of previous episodes uh, they were responsible for, such as Squeeze yeah. or Home. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like it didn't take off quite as much as it could have. Or... I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like this one left a lot on the table. You know, like... It, it was good, but it had so much potential to be a great episode. And they just didn't find... They didn't find that sweet spot for it, you know? I, again, maybe it was the actors still trying to figure out how to play these characters. Maybe it was these writers trying to figure out how to write these characters. Like, that's another another thing to consider. Like, it might not all be on the actors. The writers might have been like, I don't know what a 50-year-old Mulder would do. Like, I, I just... Yeah. I've never had to think about it. It's been just as long for the writers mm-hmm. as the actors in yeah. terms of having to come up with the dialogue or get that characterization. But yeah, overall, that- Founders Mutation was pretty good. I, I It was a nice second episode. It, it was one that made me think, okay, there's still hope. I, <laughs> I was like, I want to believe this will still be a good season. See, now that's how you do fan service, Chris Carter. Um Okay, so anything else you want to say about Founder's Mutation? It wasn't a whole lot. I think my favorite scene was when that lady threw the apple at the cat. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why, but that still sticks in my head as being hilarious. 
and the scenes that stick in my head is this is also notable for the episode where they did the two um, what what could have been uh, sequences yeah, I, with them um, interacting with with, with the Will, child, yeah. which felt honestly out of place in an X Files. Okay, I was gonna say, how do you feel? Because I'm heartless and I don't care about things like this. Like, so for me, I saw it. I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like, I guess, like I, I've when, never liked the idea of them having a kid anyway. Yeah. Like, I never liked that storyline. I mean, it was part of season nine. Mm-hmm. Definitely not my favorite season. Uh, I guess the only one that was a little poignant was seeing Mulder because he never got to be around the sun at all. I guess, yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. And so it just wasn't right for an X Files episode. And weird. especially because as we see. Spoiler alert, jumping ahead, there was never any payoff with there, all this build-up talking about William, talking about their son. I know. I almost feel like the writers feel the same way as I do. Like, they regret having them having a kid. But, but for some they, reason, they have to keep bringing it up. Like, just let it go. They possibly could have ignored it. I know. Not ignored completely, as in that would have been a little weird to completely ignore it in these just six episodes. Like, but yeah. they did have to use it as much. I know. They, how about a storyline where they're both like, we did the right thing, let's move on with our lives. Yeah. Like, just, like, it didn't have to be in this episode. Uh, I think it was well addressed in the episode where Scully's mom passes and Scully does get her, her speech sitting uh, kind of on that, that beach at the end, uh-huh. sitting next to a lake or something, and Scully yeah. does talk about if she regrets what she did. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had, like, one sequence or interaction like that in the whole six episodes i think that would have done done the job considering that they never did use i know it was like any plot their kid yeah their kid was like the anti-chekhov's gun like he was there in the periphery the whole time and they never used him you know like the theory with chekhov's gun is if there's a gun on the stage it's going to go off by the end of the play but that and didn't happen with William. Like, they, so why did saying, they need? So yeah, why, why did they keep need all the mentions? Yeah, why keep why keep bringing it up? Like, oh, like, like it was a whole lot of foreshadowing for nothing. And that was very frustrating because if you had to identify one theme that did end up going through all the episodes, yeah. mother mother and son interactions, mm. or you know Scully's decision, it it did come into every episode uh, for. Yeah. No payoff. At one point, uh, yeah, I can't remember if it came into the Wear Monster episode, but pretty much every episode, that was the connective tissue to the entire oh. season. The Wear Monster might have been the only one without it. Because, um, what's his name? It's not Glenn Morgan. What's the other one? Darren Morgan. Darren Morgan. Because Darren Morgan don't give a shit either. He plays by his own rules, and yeah. his episode was so much better for it. Yeah. So are you ready to move on to that one? Transitioning into Mulder and Scully meet the Wear Monster. Here we go. So Mulder and Scully meet the Mother Effin Wear Monster. So yeah, great episode. Amazing. The whole world loved it. I don't know what more there is to really say about it. Um, Reese Darby was amazing. Kumail Nanjiani was very funny. Oh, so funny. The Coveney and Kumail Nanjiani had really good chemistry when they were on screen together. Even um, when he was with Scully at the end, they had pretty good chemistry, too, where he's like, but I got a story. I've been practicing my speech. I don't care. But I want to give my speech. (laughs) No, I don't care. Like, the, the, the delivery, everything was very, very good. So let's hear some of your takes on 
why this is in the top five of your all-time X-Files episodes. Okay. So I think that Darren Morgan, to me, I mean, he always he always writes a very non-traditional episode. His episodes always stand out, very unique. Yeah, they always turn some premise of the entire X-Files on, it, on its ear a little bit. Yeah, <clears> and I think there's this good quote that David Duchovny had from the original series where he said, Darren Morgan always seems like he's trying to break the show or mm-hmm. ruin the show. And to me, that was good. <laughs> yeah, that's, because that's that what was- a show like this needs. It needs somebody to come and shake it a little bit. Yeah, I felt that Mulder and Scolia, I liked their interactions the most in this episode. It mm. just felt the most natural, the most like how they were at the, kind of, you know, more towards the beginning mm. of the series. And I liked, oh, well, in terms of fan service, this was one that had a this, lot of fan service in terms of And it of did East it well. Effects. And it did yeah. it well. Shout out to Mulder's Red Speedo making a reappearance. Woo-wee! Good to, for you. Uh, What's the dog's name? Da- Dagoo? Dagoo! You can Dagoo. say it. Dagoo! Dagoo! <laughs> Dagoo. Scully gets a new dog, Scully who we then actually dog. never see again. It's probably for the best, because the next time we saw her original dog wasn't very good. <laughs> and, and I just, of course, it was an episode that completely turned its what you think the original story is on its head. Oh, you, my God. When, I, when I figured out what they were doing in that scene where he was like, and I got bit by that guy. I was like, oh, my God, he's, he's a lizard that turns into a man. Yeah, that is so up, funny. Up to the point, I was very interested in the episode. I was really enjoying it. Yeah. But I was thinking, this is really straightforward that mm-hmm. they're just after a guy who turns into a lizard. And then when he says to Mulder, no, that is the beginning of the story. Yeah. Oh, this is brilliant. Yeah, that scene. It was, oh, my God. It was so funny and that's when like that's when the ship that episode takes off from there like at that point it's just downhill like you know like not in a bad way but like the momentum like the momentum just takes it the rest of the way and it was very very good so much of the episode then rested on reese darby giving that his long speech at the Mm -hmm. end telling what it's like to to be a human to have to worry about a mortgage and (laughs) getting a job and my (laughs) retirement (laughs) And then I felt this need to get a job. And he's like, and I was I was going to quit. And then I was like, but I'm already not saving enough for my retirement. And, and if I, I haven't I, written I my first book. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. If I don't write my book now, I'll never I'll do not, it. If I haven't done it now, I never will. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, there is no, for me, there's no real weak part in this episode. I, I think it was all really good. I don't. Yeah, I, I can't think of any negative thing to say about this episode. It and, was and I don't funny. want to have to either. You know, yeah. like I don't I don't want to have to nitpick something that was really good. Especially yeah. in a season that was filled with mediocre. Yeah. Um so yeah, And it's funny and insightful. Yeah, it was very good. It was very like and just, that's what Darren Morgan does so well with his episodes, is they'll be funny, but they'll also be like moments of like real philosophical existential thought you know like like he did with um oh god Clyde Bruckman thank you Clyde Bruckman like there was very funny parts but it was like for the most part that was a really depressing episode where you had to think about your lot in life same with this one we it was funny but having seeing somebody become a conscious human being for the first time ever and deal with all those existential worries 
was very like, oh, that's funny, but also really depressing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Is that and another one of his episodes that does that is he he does a good job with giving you a an interesting perspective, mm-hmm. seeing seeing the world through a unique view, such as Clyde Bruckman's eyes, or in Humbug. Oh, Humbug the, was really good the, at that too. The circus performers mm-hmm. and how they see the world and. They have the good line about what because of, you know we're all going to start to look the same soon. No one will be different. No one will be interesting. <laughs> and, and it, yeah, so, yeah, and that that one he's like, can you imagine going through life looking like that guy all the time? And they point to Mulder. That's a great scene. Yeah. And this, yeah, and, and same with this one. You have so many great quotes in this one too. And like, um, I had I had the best. Oh, the best quote. The whole the best quote probably of this whole revival was when Scully says. Mulder, the internet's not good for you. Like, like oh, we, that, yeah, we didn't even talk about Mulder not being able to use his... Uh, his camera phone? <laughs> He's like, guy. Oh, it's this new camera app. I don't know what it's doing. Oh, my God. It was so good. Like, slapstick funny, insightful funny. Like, it was very... It, it walked that line between being a slapstick thing and a, and a thinking man's comedy piece, you know? It was very good. Yeah, and and as we pointed out when we were talking about my struggle, it did complete some of Mulder's journey in terms of the episode starts with him in the X Files office feeling dejected. Yeah, and he's throwing his, pencils at all, the poster. Yeah, and all the cases that he had worked on that were oh proven. Oh my god! Cases. God, that was so funny. Just ice. It was just ice, Scully. Yeah. <laughs> or the one was like it's just a guy wearing a suit. Yeah, it was just a guy. It was like guy doing like publicity for like a local car dealer or something like yeah. that. And then for it to end with him quite literally Being, shaking hands with an X file. With an yeah, so it like reaffirmed his belief. It got him back on track. And at the same time, you know, justifying his own his own jaded belief is that like yeah, you know, who cares? But at the same time, there are cool things out here. But even when you find them, they're just going to be as jaded as you are. That's true. Good point. <laughs> like, he was like, yeah, like, what's the point now? Like, he just let him walk away. He's like, I don't even care. Just go live your life. Then, like, what did he say? At the, I can't remember now. Where he's like, he says something to, um, to restart his character. And he's like... Oh, that was very racist. Or something. He calls him racist for some reason. He calls him. He calls him a reptile. And oh, that's right. That's Lizard right. Man just goes, "That's racist." That's racist. <laughs> that was, it was so funny. Oh, what a great episode! All right, anything yeah. else you want to say about that one? No, because all I'll do is I'll just sit here and keep going. It was amazing. Yeah, I know it's so hard to talk about good stuff. You know, like which is the problem with the internet right now. You know, like. I, I like to celebrate things that people that we enjoy because so much of the internet is filled with negativity. But sometimes it's hard to sit here and just gush over something for so long. Yeah, so I'll just make it clear that if or when they continue this, Darren Morgan You need more than one Darren Morgan episode. Well, maybe that's the thing though. Maybe that's why it's so special that's that we true only too. get they, one. They Darren are rare episodes. episodes. It probably, I think it works out to probably about one Darren Morgan episode every seven years or so. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, he's like a, um, he's like El Nino or something. Like, every, once every few years he comes by and makes everything good again. I would be curious to see, though, if he had some sort of producer or, you know, status on the show, though. You know, not writing all the individual scripts, mm-hmm. but just some oversight. I, I, I feel don't know. like. I, pre- I bet you he doesn't. I bet you they're just like, thanks for all the great episodes but 
you also walked away from us. So <laughs> you chose to leave. Like, if you stayed, you would have been a producer. Just best to keep Darren Morgan in a closet. Then, you know, like, open just, yeah, it's true. No, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. The, the, the fewer episodes he has, the better they will be for it. Because, like, any good thing, too much of a good thing is never is never good. Yes, as right. we'll see with with Chris Carter, with the original writer. Yeah, well, he's been on a downward trajectory for a long time now. Since what about season four, maybe? Probably, sadly, that's true. Yeah. All right, so episode. So we don't we don't want to overuse Darren Morgan. We don't. We need to keep him nice and crisp and clean. All right, so episode number four is Home Again, the most Bye. misleading title. Do you ever. know why it's called Home Again? Yeah. Um, I, I don't thought, know if I... I thought so, but now I don't remember. You're the expert. You tell me. Even if I, read, I know this, but then I don't. I read an article by Glenn Morgan, the mm-hmm. writer of Home Again. And the reason he picked that title is he sees it as completing a trio of episodes. Mm-hmm. Those episodes being the season four episodes, Home. Mm-hmm. And which I don't think any of our listeners need a recap as to which episode that is. No, I don't want to recap. And never again, which was the episode. That one I need to recap for. Yeah, that's the one where Scully uh, Mulder is on a vacation. It's just Scully. Oh, and oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's in the city, and she meets a guy she with a talking the talking tattoo. Yeah, the f- you know who voiced the tattoo? Jody Foster. That's crazy, man. I, I yeah. that's crazy. I don't know. Why I'm asking you. We listen. We listen to the same X Files stuff. Um, yeah. We probably we've gotten all of our information from, from the same the source. Sources. Yeah. Um, so he sees home again as uh, kind of completing a journey that Scully took in those episodes. He said that home was the first time that she thought about being a mother because yeah. of Mrs. Peacock's uh, craziness. Yeah, but you don't know what it's like to be a mother. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> pride. <laughs> oh God, that was good, Caitlin. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> And then uh, he said that never again was Scully kind of discovering what it is for her to be a woman, to be independent. Uh, of Mulder. Okay. And then that home again completes that journey. It's her losing her, her mother and it yet again brings up a lot of her, her guilt and her yeah. feelings regarding her, her own son and her own choices in her life. Okay. So. That makes sense. I buy it. I'm still mad that it was called home again and the peacocks didn't show up. And he what- didn't pre- that it was going to be no he didn't they told us flat out that it was going to be but i thought i kept waiting for it to be like like a like a work you know like they were working us and it was really going to happen especially like when it starts and it's set in philadelphia oh yeah oh it's in pennsylvania that's where never again was also set that's true it was all in pennsylvania wasn't it so i'm like it is in pennsylvania maybe the peacocks moved to the big city you you just kept looking for like an old car with a big trunk yeah and like you know when the garbage when the garbage truck came by i was like oh is is one of them a garbage man is that the garbage man no never happened that car just parked on the side of the road that would have been good no that's true talk about fan service if that car would have been just like parked anywhere like just in like the periphery that would have been fantastic one one good callback to home though that we got was another brutal. Oh um, my god! Right? Yeah, beat. I was getting ready to do that. I was getting ready to say that. Yeah, that was really good, and it was another one where it was juxtaposed with like a really uplifting song. Yes. 
So it's ruined downtown forever. Yeah, and that that's one of my mom's favorite songs too. So like, oh, I'm your very, mother. I know I'm very familiar with that song. My as as you know, and I might have said on the show, my mom's a huge X Files fan as well. So yeah, I, she was not she was not pleased with having to listen to her favorite song and watch such a, a gory scene, but. So, uh, so what what are some of your disappointment other... over the peacocks? <laughs> what did you think? Um I thought it was good. I thought the beginning and middle were much better than the end. I thought it ended kind of I thought the ending was pretty subpar. I thought it was a little like rushed and then it also felt like not only just rushed but it felt like it took a hard left for no reason. Yeah. Like oh, it's just this artist and he can't control his own painting. And then I don't really remember what happens, but then he like paints a happy face on it, and then, and yeah. then everything's Basically, fine now. It's one of those classic episodes where if you took Mulder and Scully out of it, the same people would have died. Yeah, they did absolutely nothing in this episode. Yeah, because the I don't know what do we oh what was he called Band Aid Band Aid Nose Man. Uh. He kills the last of those city officials that mm-hmm. he was trying to kill, and then yeah, the camera pans to the fact that the artist has just turned him into a happy face, so mm-hmm. he's gone. There'll be no more killings. To me, uh, there was so much going on in the episode in terms of it was a very cool concept for the monster. He he was very threatening. He was very creepy looking, and then but then they're also trying to tell the story of Scully losing her mom. So in the end just the, the actual resolution to the x-file i think unfortunately fell by the wayside yeah so no much. yeah it felt like that was they wanted it to be the main plot but the monster was really like really interesting for so long that like it almost felt like her mom was a really poorly done b plot which which was unfortunate because because it should have been so impactful especially for her mom like She's been around for so long in the series. Yeah, she was a big part of the original series. Yeah, and that's what I remember now being very disappointed that, like, her big comeback to the show was just her being in a coma. Like, I think it would have been way more impactful if we got to see her first for even, like, a minute. And then she slipped into the coma or had her heart attack or whatever, you know? Like, that would have been way more impactful as a viewer. This was episode four. We could mm-hmm. have seen just some sort of small interaction between Scully and her mom somewhere in the first three episodes just to show that mm-hmm. they're still close. They have a good relationship. But and even then- if they did it in this episode, like if they did it in this episode where we see her in like like right after the cold open or something and there she is and they're talking, we would have been like, oh, my God, it's Scully's mom. How great. Like I didn't even think about her. You know, like it's so great to see her again. And then like. 15 minutes later, you know, like, they cut to another thing, something scary's happened in Philadelphia, you know, Mulder's figuring something out, and then they cut back to her getting that call. Like, oh, hey, your mom is is dying, you gotta get over here. We're like, oh my god, they gave us her mom, and now they took it away. Like, yeah. it, it would have been, like, really, like, devastating as a viewer, which, you know, like, I'm not advocating to cry all the time, but, like, to get to be emotionally invested in a show makes you want to watch it, you know. Like, and when you're just like, "Oh, remember Scully's mom? There she is, just laying in a bed right now." It doesn't have the same feel. I agree, especially I don't know how many new viewers there were to X Files. I imagine it. like zero. Probably not many. Mm-hmm. But if for any reason you were a new viewer, you would be missing any kind of contacts mm-hmm. in terms of her relationship with with her mother. Yeah. 
So it was unfortunate to bring to bring that. We also ever know, never found out where the hell that necklace came from. Do we ever find out where the hell that necklace came from? No, it was just supposed to be one of those unanswerable questions. I guess. Yeah, I know because I I was waiting for the necklace to you know, hold, kind of weird. hold the key to the conspiracy. Yeah, right. Like, uh, that was weird. But overall, a good episode. Really good interactions between Mulder and Scully again. They're always really good when a tragedy happens and they come together. Yes, that that, that was nice. There, were, mm-hmm. I like the scene where they're sitting uh, next to her mom's hospital bed, yeah. and it mirrors when Scully was. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they even do that little flashback, which was nice to actually see them. You know, even though like well, most of us had just rewatched Scully. it, it was still yeah. pretty cool to see it juxtaposed like that. Yeah. So overall, very good. I, I thought it was really good. I again, like it was another one where it's like, oh, the Morgans know what they're doing. Yeah, I trust the Morgans. Me, this was second to to Mulder and Scully meet the Were Monster. I agree. Yeah, so the I I'd say the Morgans definitely wrote the the two strongest episodes of Absolutely. of the So now we move on. It, well, before we do, do you have anything else you want to say about Home Again? Um, no, thank okay. you covered it okay so now we move on to your personal favorite (laughs) (laughs) by favorite we mean not favorite babylon you know the racist muslim episode one um okay you made me start for the other one so now you get to start for this one caitlin tell us how you felt about babylon it was a mess it was just such a mess i mean i know i might have complained or pointed out then home again they they were maybe trying to do too much with, with the monster and with Claudia Scully's mom dying, but this episode definitely was trying to do too much and was all over the place. First, huge, I mean, they are trying to tackle a very current topic, trying to tackle a current terrorist storyline. Mm-hmm. They have fake Mulder and Scully in this episode. Which I'm, have- not, I'm not instantly opposed to, but again, this was a Chris Carter episode. And apparently Chris Carter, like, Chris Carter's not good at naming people. Like, <laughs> we got Fox Mulder. Not, I mean, we've grown to love that name. But, like, just think of it on its own. It's not that great of a name. No. We got I, I was, Dana I Scully is like, a great name. Well, I'm not going to shit on Dana Scully's name. She's got a great name. But now we got, well, I don't even know her first name, Agent Einstein, like what the hell? Did they is... tell us their first names? I mean, they were just always Einstein and Miller. Miller and Einstein. Yeah, I we maybe maybe we don't even know her name. Here, her first let's, name, let's, but let's see. But yeah, like just while while you're looking that up, I'll kill some dead air. Um, <laughs> no, I I just looked it up, and I mean I'm on Wikipedia, and it's, it they're just listed as Agent Einstein and Agent. So Miller. we didn't get a first name for them. They didn't even get the dignity of first name. How dare him? But yeah, Einstein, terrible name. It was supposed to be a, a callback to Scully's dissertation. I don't care. It's a terrible name. Like, no one's named Einstein anymore. <laughs> anymore. Like, people... There was just the one. There was and the it, one, oh. and then everyone had to change their name after that because it was, it's, it was, like, there's no... It's not... You can't live up to that name. <laughs> you get rid of that name and you come up with something else. You, there's Einstein, there's Einstein bagels. That's it. <laughs> Those are the uh, only ones. That's a good point. (laughs) You don't want to have to live up to the theory of relativity and bagels. Or or bagels. You can't do either as as well as those two, so just move on. But that said, I do like them. I do like those characters. 
Well, to me, I guess the only one that really got turned into, a, to me, a character was Einstein. Yes. Miller never really had anything to do. Not in this episode. He he came on a little bit more in the um, the final episode. You know, like, when he came in to save Mulder and stuff. Like, they started flushing him out a tiny bit. But, yeah, Einstein definitely was the more, you know, well-thought-out character. Yeah. Um, she, honestly, she was grading in a way that Scully never was. She was, when... but she was also, like, early Scully was very, like, well, I have to do everything by the book. I'm, you know, like, I want a promotion still. I want to move, and that's exactly how where she is right now, too. Like, no, I'm not going to put my career on the line for this crazy middle-aged man. Scully pretty quickly. Uh, but Scully also had the benefit. With I'm not trying to be sexist here, but Scully also was working with a much younger, more attractive Fox Mulder. So it was probably easier for her to be like, well. You weren't trying to be sexist, but it was a little sexist. I understand it is. But, like, the, I mean, the reverse is true, too. Like, Mulder was probably way more willing to listen to her poo-poo his ideas because she was attractive like they were they were very attractive and they were like let's let's just be young and crazy but now like this one's like no i'm not gonna listen to this old man tell me what to do like i'm i'm an independent woman i'm gonna do what i want like i liked her i did i i get where where you're coming from that she was a little bit annoying but i get why her character was she's like no i don't want to jeopardize my fucking career over well, over a dude who was kicked out of the FBI several times. I think it was just they gave her character a hard job. She didn't really get to have a redeeming quality. She did just have to be there to say no to Mulder versus, yes, that was Scully's role in the earlier series. Mm-hmm. But they they wrote her character well enough that it didn't just feel like the burden of being the, the no person yeah. completely fell on her well, in, she a, also in had... an unlikable way. And I mean the difference between I you know like there she's obviously not Scully she's her own character and the difference between those two is Scully was al- always more open minded Scully really was interested in these weird things that Mulder was up to and she, she wanted to f- yeah and she wanted to find a scientific explanation for it where Einstein is more sure that she knows everything like Scully has always been sure that she. She doesn't know everything, but she knows that she can figure it out. Where it seems like Einstein is sure that she already knows everything. And she has the tools to prove that what she thought was true. You know what I'm saying? That's a good distinction. I think that's the difference between their characters. And their hair is a little different shade of red. But, um... And, I mean, the, the flip side is maybe I like the character because I like the actress. She was really good in that show six feet under so i mean i really i i enjoy her okay i didn't so, i did not have any familiarity with with either of these actors i do the um the new molder has been he, on a couple of the um superhero well, shows on the cw then he like arrow's brother or something he's the guy who the guy who plays arrow he's his cousin cousin okay because he does kind of look like him he does like he they yeah. look like they should be brothers not cousins it's a little weird um but yeah, he was on The Flash, and I feel like he was on something else too, some other nerdy show. But now I can't remember what it was. But yeah, he's been on a couple nerdy shows already, so you kind of know him. 
from that. So I mean, I, I I'm familiar with the actors, and I, I don't hate the actors. I like um, now I forget her name, but I like the girl who plays Einstein more than I like uh, the other. Lauren girl. Ambrose. Yes, thank you. There it is. I like her more. I think she's a better actress than he is an actor. So. Yeah, and they they did. They gave her more more storyline. Because she's a better about. actor, but you know, like yeah. they probably realize you know, she's she's better at this than he is. So. But yeah, I, I I like it. You know what? If they came out right now, if I if breaking news came out right now that they were gonna get their own little mini series. I'd be like, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I think they're interesting enough that I'd watch it. I actually would. I'll disagree. I I would not watch it. Fair enough. Okay, so there's so a lot to, to say about Babylon, but um, we haven't touched on the acid trip or mushroom trip or whatever. Yeah, that was. Uh, you and I disagree a little bit about it. So go ahead, give me your point, and then I'll I'll give I'll say my part. Just about the acid trip or the overall the scene that scene the honky tonk acid trip. Yeah, yeah. Your your bit about the scene because I know you don't particularly like the scene, and I like half of the scene. I don't like it at all. It was completely misplaced in the episode, and absolutely criminal in its underuse of the lone gunman. Not just its underuse, but just the fact that that's how they come back. You know, like I I agree with you there. That was that was very hurtful (laughs) if i can just say to me um having watched the original series as news of the revival was all coming out Mm -hmm. i watched the end of the original series as we knew that the three actors who played lone gunman were going to be coming back Mm -hmm. and then i read the graphic novels in which it's explained that they fake their deaths that they're still alive so to me the lone gunman never actually died and i thought that they were going to be in the revival Uh, and so it kind of messed up your yeah i thought they were going to be in an actual alive capacity (laughs) not sitting in a honky-tonk well for all we know they will still come back because as you told our listeners in the last last X-Files episode, they are alive in the comic book series, so they are. there is a chance perhaps they but are alive in the universe, in the TV universe. the series has made very clear, nothing. They are two and, different things. <laughs> yeah, the season 10 comics have no bearing on, on the, the show at this point. And I will say about the, the acid trip scene, I, I found it amusing just because I am so enamored with David Duchovny probably that like... Seeing him do his silly little dance and be silly was was funny to me. It was funny enough that I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is fun to watch." Like I'll watch gifts of this for the rest of my life. Um, where it stopped being funny and went too long was there was a scene where he had I forget what they even say now. It was something stupid, but he had like those little rings on his fingers that spell out words. And I forget uh, what his said now, but th- there came a scene where that happened. And he had like all these half-dressed women hanging off of him. Oh, oh they, didn't it say mushroom? The, yes, yes. I knew it was dumb. I knew whatever it said made it even worse. I yeah, think, I think I you're think right. It says mushrooms. Yeah. You taken magic mushrooms. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, oh god, just this has right. gone too far. It's gone too far now. And then he walks into a dream where he gets the magic answer and can remember a very difficult language to learn as it is but then to not speak it and remember how to pronounce those words even though he didn't he had to try to get there but just the fact that he did it all like that was a little to me that was like oh god just stop please just stop chris carter and just talk about the fact that it was a very weak 
X file. It was a weak X file. There was there was no yeah like why they were involved. At uh, well, I mean, I get they were involved because the they came the young agents came to them to say, hey, you've you've worked on things and have been able to solve them using unconventional means. We need something to break this case. Maybe maybe Mulder can do a little magic for us and and solve this. Like that was how they got involved in it. Yeah. But it it was weak. It was it was weak in its portrayal of Muslims. It was weak in its portrayal of Texans. It was it it was just bad. It was just bad all around for that reason. And, and I still good. Oh no, sorry. Uh, I was um, just gonna say I still stand by the fact that I don't think that kid was one of the bombers. I I don't think he even had a bomb on him. <laughs> like I. I did re I actually though I did not rewatch the episode, I, I did rewatch the the beginning sequence. Okay, so um, you Zach, tell me Zach and I Zach and I both rewatched it okay. after you and I talked that day. Uh-huh. We both agreed that it did not look like either of them Ex- yeah. had a vest when they went in because their clothes were not bulky enough. Mm-hmm. But we think that that was possibly poor production. It, I mean, obviously, it has to be because they yeah. ma- everything indicated that he was at least one of the bombers. So I mean, I think what it was was the he did not at the last minute. I think he did not pull his his he did not detonate his well, bomb. It had to have been like like had you to, pointed out too. He would have been in a million people. He wouldn't have just exactly, had his head. Or else the X file would have been how is this guy not <laughs> the X files would have been like how do we put his pieces back together? Yeah, to help. I think- I think that he got cold feet or, you know, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use after they walked into that gallery. He did not detonate his vest. Therefore, mm-hmm. he survived. And I guess, you know, his conscious or if that's the right term, you know, that's why he communicated mm-hmm. and, and gave them the information to to catch the, the others in that in that cell. Yeah, I guess the worst part for me was the entire time I was watching the episode, I was like. I, I thought uh, instantly he didn't have a vest on and neither did his friend. Like I, yeah. that was the first because the first but they thing had I, to have because the no, building did blow up. And, it did. But yeah. what I kept waiting for was the twist that like they were there to try to stop the people they knew were going to do it. And they just didn't make it. They didn't get there in time. And I and I don't think that's what it and was. And it wasn't. No, it, I, I wholeheartedly. No, I know well, it wasn't. But that's what I kept thinking was going to happen. And then when it turned out to just be a straightforward, oh, he was a bad Muslim because all Muslims are bad, I was like, shit, come on. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah. It was really disappointing. Yeah, the episode was disappointing in its straightforwardness, as mm-hmm. in basically we've had a, a terrorist bombing. We're going to communicate with you know, a suspect, and, and we're going to now catch the other other bad guys. It was just very point A to point B to point C, mm-hmm. even though there was a you know weird mushroom trip in the middle of that well i gotta <laughs> say we might be we might be in the minority here for taking uh taking a dump on this because i'm looking at the av club's reviews and they gave this one a b yeah well i think that the av club was a strangely kind to it and i know i definitely read other very negative reviews of this episode i know twitter was very negative of it <laughs> yeah and also, to me, you know, they did. They, t- they tried to tackle such a current and such a difficult 
topic. Like, and, if you're going to do it, you better do it with some originality. And you know what? There's, we have so many other shows right now. How, how many other shows tackle terrorism or the Middle East? And those All kind of, of them, pretty much. Yeah. So maybe, you know what? Maybe the X-Files is better with our aliens and mutants and things that, because to me, the any the humor in it, when we'd have these crazy tone shifts in the episode, it's one thing when you have a, a, some sort of mutant, some sort of monster that it's mm-hmm. not real. We know that this is fantasy. We yeah. know it's made up. And now we're going to make jokes. But to have a show where the introduction is a suicide bombing and yeah. you, you see people on fire and, and dying. And, yeah, that and was a gruesome great. opening. Yeah, and it's a very real-world topic, mm-hmm. and then to introduce any kind of humor or Mulder I, doing a, a line dance. Yeah, it, I agree with a- you on that. I, I do, as much as I enjoyed the scene of yeah. watching Mulder dance around like a crazy person, it was it was misguided. It shouldn't have been in an episode as yeah. as thought as well thoughtless as this one, but as trying to be thoughtful as this one was, as trying yeah. to be as current and like grounded in reality as this one was, it shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You want to put some crazy Mulder doing a line dance? Cause, cause there's some sort of monster or mutant or that, something. Yeah. And that would have been fun. Hey man, work that into the where monster episode. That yeah. And that's why the X-Files is good at mixing. The like maybe, maybe the where, maybe the lizard monster had like, a you know, some, something he shoots out of his eye and it makes people hallucinate, you know, like, that would have been a much better use of this scene than... Once he turned into a person, he discovered his secret desire to find dance. dance. Yeah, anything. He loved Billy Ray Cyrus, and he needed to get it out. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I don't I don't appreciate the way they handled this topic. And I would have... I, I would have... A, like, I would probably be saying this is a much better episode if they would have handled it differently. Like, I'm not against them getting into real-world stuff. I'm not against them... Not always working on supernatural stuff. Yeah. But if they do that, if they're going to change the direction of the show that much, then they need to do it for a purpose and not just to be the same as everything else. Yeah. And and one of the arguments for the X-Files coming back was that it's it's the perfect show to update to our modern world, update to the 21st century, bring mm-hmm. in these, these current events. Unfortunately, it did not do it current do events that. well at all. No, the it, best episodes were the... Were was the one about a lizard wear monster and and home again, which yeah. again focused on a more traditional monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, does that mean we're ready to move on to the last episode? Let's let's do it. All right, my struggle part two, the sixth and final episode of the revival, and. Maybe you will agree with me. Maybe you won't. The worst episode of the revival. I would closely agree to you, mm. except for to me, Babylon was just a, a shade, just a smidgen worse. Okay. I, will... I that does not mean I'm defending or no, saying no, no, that. No, no, no. I, I, I like under... my struggle. Just it's... saying that it's. They're both. No, they're both not terrible. quite at the bottom, but very close. <laughs> yeah. I I'll give you that. Like I, you're right. Like they're pretty much tied. Like who could figure it out? But. I will say that this one I'm going to say this one's worse just because it shouldn't have been this bad. It's your last episode and we yeah. don't know what's happening now. Is there going to be another season? Like when we don't know what's happening, 
And so all we can assume is this might be the last episode ever, and this is what you give us? Come on. Like, oh, that's a good point, because Babylon could be written off of as a very poor standalone, yeah. where more was riding on My Struggle Part 2. Yeah, like, it, it needed to do more. It needed to be better. Like, Babylon didn't need to be anything. It was just a mid, mid-season mid episode, pretty much, you know? So, like, when you only have six episodes... When you only have six, everyone better be damn good. It should yes. all be perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah. especially when you've had, like, nine years to write them. Or however long it's been gone now. Ten years, fifteen years, whatever it's been. Yeah, well, I guess, what, about nine years since the movie and about fifteen? I guess, the, yeah. maybe It's series. probably been less than nine years since the movie. But still, like, you've had plenty of time. You've plenty of time to write this. No one said you had to come back right now. Like, you weren't on a timetable. You put yourself on this timetable. Anyway, um, what well, are your thoughts? My Struggle, Part 2. Part 2. Oh, I mean, it's certainly not that the original conspiracy was ever super on track by the end of the original series, but I mean, certainly blew things apart in terms of, yes, the syndicate wasn't brought back. It was just cigarette smoking man, which, okay, by the way, Mm -hmm. Chris Carter, it's not how skin grafts work. No, you don't (laughs) get your whole head blown away and we see your skull and all that fun stuff. And then it all just comes back. Game graphs work if you are burned. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a burn, not if you are blown melted. up. It doesn't work when your body is melted away. So anyway. even ignoring that ridiculousness, <laughs> now we just have the smoking man back. No syndicate. And, I mean, what what was his... What was he doing? I mean, ultimately he just he wants to kill everyone in the world? I don't know what his... What his end game is? What what's your goal? Like that was never the end game. It was I, always about the alien colonization. It was all about one upping the aliens and trying to like kill, like basically like eliminate them so that they could rule the world. Like, and I, I, I mean, I know that they in the original series they did establish that the government or the syndicate were using smallpox vaccinations mm-hmm. or manipulating smallpox vaccinations in, in the population. But you can't tell me that that was ever about what they're now saying, that it was what to what give everyone. What, what, I, I'm sorry. Flu, I, I lack the weird words. flu. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then no, here's no, the thing. No, it wasn't about flu. It was about like completely overriding their, their immunity. immune system. Yeah. So it was basically like AIDS. It was like quick, acting aids like their immune system just didn't work anymore succumbing to whether it was a a military veteran because he had been exposed to smallpox or Mm -hmm. someone's flu it was all and the thing is like okay at one point i got the impression that it was happening to the whole world did you get that impression too i yes so the whole world everyone in the world had these same vaccines at one point they all had it in part of their dna or like Because when they started working on this, like, it hasn't, they haven't been working on this long enough for it to have been passed into all of humans' DNA. There is some line about that somehow parents were able, without, because as in, think about it, they don't give smallpox vaccinations, like, in our country currently, because there is immunity to it. Right? Yeah. Like, we're we're fine. It's gone for us now. I mean, it's not gone in the world, though. There are... Right. 
but so there was some line about like that that this has been passed to every every child because it's it's completely in their parents' DNA. It's it's in Yeah, I'm in, not sure DNA works that way though. Yeah. <laughs> like that quickly. And, you're the you're, genealogist, you tell me, but I don't think it works that way. Yeah, that no that you would pass on like it would take a while to become yeah. part of your trait DNA. Because what passes on to children is trait DNA. Like because parents don't pass on just because your parent had a measles vaccination, you still need the measles vaccination. Yeah. Like I still you'd still need the rubella shot. I have a rubella shot and, and any children of mine would need a rubella. You know, like yeah. anyway. So so also just ignoring that it's not how science works. It's not, now it's we're not sounding how any like of this works. We're sounding like Agent Einstein here. We're thinking about it too hard. That's true. Yeah, they're also and also being, like let's let's well, be honest. We don't know how science works. I'm just taking an educated guess that that's how science works. I'm also going to take an educated guess that science doesn't work. That Scully can make a vaccine in about an hour in a building with no power. Yeah, especially taking her um like like what part of her DNA? Like wasn't she taking like out of her bone? Wasn't she taking like her stem? No, no, they, no, no. They needed his they, stem cells. They didn't do a bone marrow. They yeah. it was her blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But, I mean, she only has so much blood to give. I know. Yeah, so she's going to be able to take a small bit of her blood and then recreate it synthetically. Like, that's going to take more than an hour, man. Yeah. (laughs) And, I mean, I was just thinking, like, how long did it take to create the polio vaccine? (laughs) Like, probably decades, right? Like, it was a long time. And Scully just did, like, a world-saving vaccine and... In an hour or two? And I think, okay, so... And how the whole world going to get it? And here's the thing. All right, so we may not know how science works, and we might be wrong about some of this. But what I do know is how the world works as far as reporting things. And if there was a worldwide epidemic, even if there was a countrywide epidemic, no matter how much you want to tell me the mainstream media is paid by corporate people who don't want me to know about the scary thing that's in my DNA. There is no way in hell that if there's a giant outbreak of something, the mainstream media is not going to cover it. And only one internet, one internet news channel is going to cover it. Like that's not how that works. Not to mention, I mean, not to mention social media. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, the fact that like Tad O'Malley is on his stupid little internet show saying, no one else is going to tell you this because they're in the pockets of big pharmacy. It's like, that, that's, not how, that's not how the world works. No. Even if you're in the pocket of big pharmacy, you're also in the business of you don't want your ratings to go to the other people who are reporting this. Yeah, no, I mean, it, was, it, was, it just didn't work. Yet again, they tried to go too global. Just that, that the entire the entire system is breaking down. That was my biggest problem with it. With this episode was, oh my god, you just involved the entire world. So how are you going to put the toothpaste back in the tube now? Yeah, you know, we like, have a, a pandemic, global pandemic. Mm-hmm. It it is a premise for a movie, for like a summer action movie. Mm-hmm. And Not even then, it's a pretty bad one. Yeah, um, not for a one-hour Yeah, and talk about so you and I just mentioned how Darren Morgan was the one who would always try to take the X Files and change it. 
Yeah. But he's, I'm pretty sure his episode was the truest X-Files episode this season because it only focused on one little thing happening in one little area about one person. Yeah, because that was, a, that was always a, a, an important part of the original X-Files was Mulder and Scully going into a small yeah. town and and finding this, this weird thing or weird person who has managed to exist kind of counter to population expansion mm-hmm. or to commercialization and just the fact that they're in a, a, sm- a small town. Yeah, and, and now yeah, That is the story of one person. Yeah. Now we end it with a UFO flying over washington dc yeah one of the most populated cities probably in the world i'm not looking at a global statistics thing here but i'm imagining it's at least one of the best most populated cities in the country so yeah and on the east coast especially on the east coast and even if it's not even population aside the home of all like all the politicians a lot of news agencies like yeah. Every news agency has a presence in Washington D.C., so like, there's no way no one saw that. <laughs> like, the, like, and and this this isn't Doctor Who. They don't just get to restart the universe. No, yeah. it, it's not. Yeah, please, God, oh my God. Um, so yeah, that that was like I think my biggest problem was when it ends with the big UFO. Like at the same time, it ends. On a scene where, like, oh, something's something good is happening now. Like, oh, something really interesting is happening now. But unfortunately, that really interesting thing is also still pretty stupid. And then the episode ends. It's like, are you kidding me? And I'm sorry. Like, no matter how much you want to come back for another season, you don't get to end a six-episode limited series on a cliffhanger when, when people were looking for closure. No. So I, yeah, this one was the worst for me. And you know what? We didn't even mention, uh, how was Reyes? I mean, working for the smoke man. I've never, I've never hated Reyes the way other people have until this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, in all this discussion, it's not like we have managed to discern what, what the smoking man was. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. I'm not sure what she was doing. I have no idea what any of their motivation was. Well, I mean, I think part of the smoking man's plan is what he had picked a few chosen ones. Yeah, gets He's to be gonna, one of them. He wanted to be alien. God, maybe. Like, I don't, I don't get it. The thing was, the smoking man in the original series, he was, he was a not mainstream government, but he was a government man. It's about mm-hmm. taking orders and high, you know, keeping the truth about the aliens from the public, and just. Doing what had to be done, even though he didn't—he was not scrupulous about it. Yeah. This uh, ultimately, he's—he's he's like a cackling, going like to a take crazy kill. evil scientist or something. Yeah. So, my struggle—we neither of us liked. It was not a great way to end the season, no. especially when you don't know what's going to happen next. So, speaking of not oh, knowing what's going to okay. happen next, what do you think should happen next? not necessarily plot wise but like production wise like does it come back for another tv show should it come back for a movie how far away should chris carter like what kind of restraining order should they put on chris carter like should it be 50 feet 100 feet 200 feet like how far away should chris carter have to stay from a solid solid 100 feet okay all right sound so i think it should come back as another series I agree. Uh, I think it's better as a serial than it is as as a movie. It, 
it gives more chance for a variety of episodes. If mm-hmm. they had gone to a movie, it would have just been one big mess of a conspiracy theory movie. We never would have gotten something brilliant like mm-hmm. Walter Scully meet the Were Monster. No, this would have been my struggle one and two put together as a movie. Yeah, and and it would not have been good. Uh, so I would say another another limited series, six eight episodes, mm-hmm. another series is what I would like to see, but without Chris Carter writing episodes. And I don't see that happening, but I one hundred percent agree that Chris Carter should just be an executive producer now. Yeah, he did. I would love to see Glenn Morgan, James Wong mm-hmm. bring back. Vince Gilligan, right? Breaking yeah, Bad's I mean, over. Breaking What's Bad's over. Do? He's got Better Call Saul going on, but that I think that's another show that I know season one was only like 13 episodes, I think, and I don't think season two is supposed to be more than 13 episodes of Better Call Saul, so I'm sure he has the time. Especially if they figured out a schedule so that he would have the time. Um, Yeah, no, I think this show is better without chris carter's director you know directing or writing it yes yes. but and 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 i feel bad like sometimes it had like it happened with star wars it happened with george lucas like he created a world that was really good that we all loved but he was also proved that he wasn't the guy to continue the story and and i I think that's what's happening here and and just because i didn't get to mention it when we talked about the six episodes because he was hardly in it can skinner be a real part oh yeah that's what i wanted to say yeah i think one of my other big issues with my struggle too was that it was the new kid who came to save Mulder and not skinner yeah and i think zach had said the exact same thing yeah like he's like what a waste all of that yeah that was a waste a great point (laughs) no that, that was a waste of his care he he had no even in the first episode, he had, like, maybe five minutes of screen time. Yeah. Like, and, what a and waste of his character. There's pretty much one scene where he's sitting at his desk and, you know, he says, welcome back. Yeah, and then there was the one scene where he's like, oh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't want to call down here and talk to you. Like, that was very sweet. And then you got rid of him. <laughs> like, I know. I, I just kept being like, wait, what, why are we using Skinner? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if they even knew what they were doing. And that's that's sad. I mean, that's sad. They had all this time to plan this. Like, it came back because the fans wanted it to come back. And they, no one said it had to come back right now. It wasn't like it came back for, like, a 30th anniversary or, you know, like, or a 21st anniversary. It wasn't like we have to get it done before a certain date. They just had to get it done. Because they were shooting around. I mean, Julian Anderson does. Yeah, have, but I mean, they still could have, like, as far as writing it goes, they had all the time yeah. in the world to write it. If they once they knew it was coming back, it was on their timetable. Like, they didn't have to f- do anything from there other than like let's make good episodes and then we'll figure out the shooting schedule. It's not like the show needed to focus on current. It's not like oh, we have to get this done because otherwise, next year this might not be a relevant topic. Like. Yeah. It's the X Files. It's aliens. It's, it's, it's been monst- relevant for twenty five yeah. years. People yeah. binge watch the like fourteen year olds are just now discovering it on Netflix. Like, it's fine. It's take your time, make a great season. You've got great actors. Like, none of my complaints really, except for the very first episode with Mulder or David Duchovny can't act or Gillian Anderson can't act. You've got great actors. 
yeah, you overall, had a great actor in Skinner that you didn't even use. Completely not used. Yeah, overall, I don't have any complaints about Gillian uh, Anderson or David Duchovny's Overall, I never have any complaints about either of them. Yeah, a and, and beautiful, overall, I mean, in most of the episodes, I'd say that they're just the Mulder Scully interaction, I, I think, did, did play out well. Yeah, I think they got better. But they, as you could, you could tell, they got, they got more comfortable with it. They got, they got really good with it. And, and that seemed natural, like you know, mm-hmm. the back episodes. If it, if the connection just gets stronger during those six episodes, that, that was so, good. So all this negativity aside, if it's if it's announced today that next year we're going to get six more episodes, wow. even even with Chris Carter coming back, are you excited to hear it's coming back, or are you just going to be like, Ugh, I'll watch it just because it's X Files? No, I mean, I'd be, I'd be very excited, which I don't know if that says what that says about me or what that says about that. But. I think it says a lot about both. <laughs> I think it says that, yes, this is a good, it's a good thing. It's a good premise. It has a lot of potential, but it also says that you're a masochist. Yeah, um, I, I think you would be excited, though, too. I would probably be more excited than you because I'm a bigger masochist than you. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that's sign our X Files. Button for punishment. I'm yeah, sign me up, man. I'll, I'll take that. another one of these every year, but I would prefer it not to be every year. I think I would prefer like 2017 for there to yeah. be. Oh, I guess it's 2016 now. I guess 2018 there to be another one, or like tail, or the very end of 2017 maybe. It had a lot of nerve ending on a massive cliffhanger like that. A so spe- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. We're owed another series. We're owed another one, but I guess the part of me that's like, I don't care about that episode. I don't care that it ended on a cliffhanger either. I'm like, I, I don't care what happens. Like I would, no, be, a, yeah. I would be just as excited if it came back and they're like, and I never found out what happened. It just jumped into something else. I'm like, that's fine. Let's just move just on. Jumped into a really good standalone. Yeah, if it, if it just jumped in, like I'm like, I don't care. Let's just move on. <laughs> it's fine with me. So. Just- just retcon the heck out of that That's, last episode. I'm 100% fine with that. All right, so that is Caitlin and my take on the Season 10 X-Files revival. For graphic novel recommendations from X-Files, check out from a couple episodes ago. Caitlin was on and gave a lot of great X-Files graphic novel recommendations, both, you know, canon X-Files stuff, like the new Season 10 stuff they did that kind of followed this the season you know season nine finale to a, some pretty good standalone ones like x-files meets 30 days of night and good stuff like that so check that episode out for not only good recommendations but also to hear caitlin and i be really excited for the x-files coming back and that, then listen to this one again and hear the sadness in our voices that's now, true now they came back when when we are just joyful and so excited like it was basically it was, like, oh, Christmas is coming, and then Christmas comes, and all you got was socks. That's two, what... <laughs> two months ago was a simpler time. It was a, a, a brighter time. The days were brighter. The birds were singing. <laughs> no, the optim- yeah, we were very optimistic. We were very optimistic. And, and that you know that's unfair. There were a lot of good things about this season, and I'm glad it was here. I, I have no regrets about buying the season early. I'm, I, have no, I have no regrets whatsoever. I'm glad it came back. But... I expected more from it, and I hoped for more from it, and it did not deliver. All right, Caitlin, thank you for stopping by, and um, thank you. next next season we'll we'll be back.
Hey, hey, that's not it, folks. Don't forget, there's a bonus episode this week, so go check it out. It's going to be me and Amanda talking a little bit more about this season, as well as some of our thoughts on the older episodes and just our overall love for the X-Files. So go check it out. It's probably about a half hour or so. Oh, before I forget, as I tend to, the music in this show, as always, as always, always, was created by Gumble and was made available under the Creative Commons license. So there, I, I covered that base. All right, so I will be joined once again by Angel next week. She and I are going to take part in the Panels.net Read Harder Challenge. This is a reading challenge for comic books featuring things like reading a self-published book, reading a graphic biography, and so forth. The first challenge Angel and I will do is read a feminist comic. So she and I will be discussing a couple Kelly Sue DeConnick books. We're going to be talking about Volume 1 of Bitch Planet and Volume 1 of Pretty Deadly. So come back for that. Um, Also, you can find a link for that panels.net read harder challenge in the show notes for this episode if you want to participate as well or see some of the other challenges. So, yeah, go read those books now if you haven't done so already, and I'll talk to you guys in a week. Take care.